But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hey everybody, welcome to Give Us a Second, a mini-sode series from the greatest moments in the history of forever, and this is our 16th edition, and we're talking about Pitch Perfect 3 and Fifty Shades Freed. That's right, the conclusions to two epic trilogies. Yeah, supposedly, the <laughs> conclusions. I, right. would, well, I wouldn't true. be shocked to see... Either back one or the, the other mix. or both, yeah, reopened at some point down the line. I would say more likely pitch perfect. Really? How did Fifty Shades do financially? I don't know, but I would I will say that that would probably be a situation. Actually, let me revise. I would say Please. Fifty Shades is almost undoubtedly going to have more, but they will probably be recast, and it will probably be straight to video or something like oh, that. Oh, right. As okay. far as like actual continuations with the same characters and story, I would say more likely Pitch Perfect would continue. All right. Down the line. That's my guess. Okay. Not that that really matters. Um, anyway, it's been a while since we did a Give Us a Second. Uh, usually we try to do at least one a month, if not more. Right. Uh, we did not do one in May. Because we're kind of trying to, you know, stay focused, get to episode 100, yes. and then kill ourselves. Right. But I felt like it was a good time to take like a little bit of a breather, you know, let everyone enjoy the Secret World of Alex Mack and Inception episodes, you know, really. Let Give those... people time to get caught up. <laughs> yeah, let everyone take a breather. And, you know, we'll, we'll give you one of these treats before we, you know, finish it out. Treats? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like kind of a spur of the moment thing for me. You know, I was at a Walmart at like, you know, 1230 at night <laughs> buying Mama's Family, the complete series on DVD. Right. As, as I tend to do those kind of things. Certainly, yeah. And I just happened to like pause briefly at a Redbox and I was like... I still haven't seen Pitch Perfect 3 or Fifty Shades Freed. They're both out on DVD. I've seen the first two movies of both of those series. I'd like to finish them out. Yes. It's crazy. In a world where MoviePass exists and you'll see anything in theaters. It's shocking that I didn't see Pitch Perfect 3 That's in true. theaters. Yeah, I, don't know, I, mean, I don't know what was going on. But I feel like we've gone to see a lot of movies this year. Well, that was at the end of last year. Okay, right. It came out before Christmas. Oh, okay. So it's but not still, a 2018 movie. No. Um, yeah, 50, Fifty Shades Freed, though. Yeah, that was right. more okay. around like Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. That I'm not surprised that I didn't see in no. theaters. I didn't see any of those I, in I, the theater. I'm a little surprised at that. I feel like there was a chance we went to see one of them, but... In, I mean, actually, actually, the only Pitch Perfect movie I saw in the theater was the second one. Oh, you didn't see the first one in theaters? No. I did not either. I didn't see it until much later. Yeah. I, I, I think it should be clarified, I guess, for people listening who may not know. I'm a, I, I'm definitely, like, I would consider myself, like, a big fan of the first Pitch Perfect movie. I love it. I think it's great. It's a lot of fun. I it's think funny. For, for a long time, I didn't even know 
what it was. Like, what the... I didn't realize that it's kind of like this weird comedy. Certain, yeah, it certainly is a comedy, and it was a surprise hit. I don't think there was really much expectations for it. I mean, Anna Kendrick is the lead, and she, you know, had been nominated for an Oscar for Up in the Air, but it's not like she was really, like, a star or anything. And, you know, Rebel Wilson was... I mean, she's well, Rebel Wilson is only really at this point known <laughs> because of the pitch. Oh, right. That's what yeah. like gave her the platform to be somebody. So it's like none of the people in it were like big stars, and they just kind of put it out. It's like, what is this movie? And it it was a surprise hit. And then because of the first one being a hit, and then continuing to get more interest in like pay per view, you know, home video, whatever, DVD, Blu Ray. Right. Then the second one was an even bigger hit at the box office. So, like, they kind of created something. And, you know, the second one is not great. It's not terrible, but it's... Yeah. It's kind of like, what is this? It's it, I hate to, like, pick on it because I, I, I'm really such a big fan of Elizabeth Banks, but, like, it, it seems poorly directed. Yeah, well, like, that was her sloppy. directorial debut. Yeah, she had this... Because she was a producer on the first one, and... She stepped in to direct the second, and the movie was a success, and I think even, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score was still pretty positive, and it made money, but, like, I felt like it was kind of not Right, there's some cringe moments in it, but I will say... There's some good stuff in it, though. Absolutely. No matter... I mean, and we'll certainly get to this because it's probably uh, collectively our favorite parts of each movie, but particularly for me, the in the second one... That whole sequence at like David Cross's house, right? The, yeah, the what uh, they call the uh, riff offs or whatever. But the yeah. one at David Cross's house is like really funny. Yeah, I mean, it definitely still had its moments. It's just like overall the story was kind of dumb. And <laughs> yeah, well, that is one thing about it. And well, it not is, not that it's like you know the least dumb thing in the world in the first one but the first one you're just kind of like this all seems to the make first sense kind of feels like yeah i mean in a world where like sister act is a movie you're like sister okay act. yeah i i buy that these what like, about sister act too that these competitions like the exist but it is like the plot of the second one I, and the plot of the third one it's hard to determine which one is dumber okay so Let's get to it. So, like, that's our background. Like, I own both of the first two on Blu-ray. I've watched the first one probably, like, six times. No joke. <laughs> and love it. The second one I've only really watched all the way through when we saw it in the theater. Yeah, same. I haven't even... I haven't revisited it on Blu-ray yet. Maybe I should give it another chance. So, that's... Go- the thing for me with the third one was you would think I would definitely see this in the theater, no brainer, but then it comes out and the reviews are by far the worst in the series, like well below the 60% fresh threshold on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like dipping into like 29%, something yeah, in that pretty range. rough. And it's, it's kind of like one of those, it's almost, it, it reminded me of like the hangover part three, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah, I still have t- never seen it. Well, just, yeah, well, exactly. Like, yeah. the the Hangover was such a big hit, and it was kind of a surprise, and then part two was, like, this huge deal, and everyone was excited for it, and it made a ton of money opening weekend, but ultimately it, like, wasn't that great. Well, it is And weird. then by the time they got to the third one, nobody cared, because and it you, kind of felt like that with this. When you look back at the history of film, it's like, 
you had these big movies be trilogies, like your Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but it's like the idea that all of a sudden if we get into the 2000s and it's like these comedy movies have are like there's a trilogy. There's at least three of them. It's just weird. I mean, it's well, really unnecessary. We know it's like once something is a proven moneymaker, it's like why not right. milk it till it's dead. So the anticipation for part three was like a little bit lower because of that, which I have to say like – I try. I mean, I think everybody, to a certain extent, probably tries to not let that kind of bullshit play into their mindset. Well, yeah. It's like, I wish I could just kind of ignore Rotten Tomatoes at this point. Like, I actually don't really want to even know, yet sometimes it's just like you get sucked into it. Well, you see I have it a hard everywhere. time believing the scores a lot anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go down that road right false now. False positives, I'll just say. <laughs> Yeah, as I went on like a diatribe out of nowhere today. Well, I, about I have a movie. the conversation weekly myself. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it definitely seems that like people are trying to use their movie reviews for a lot of like ulterior motives these days, and, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, so you know, unfortunately, the Ghostbusters remake comes to mind. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, ultimately, Christmas season is a pretty big time for movies, especially, you know, you're gearing up for, like, awards and stuff, so it's like, you know, Pitch Perfect 3 kind of got lost in the shuffle, we never saw it. Um, I have to say that the, the first, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of Pitch Perfect 3 was great. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know, I mean, I was a little... It, it kind of took me out of it with the opening scene being on that boat. All right, in if, France. You, if you subtract that, part, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, just that in. part, because that actually ties into when the movie kind of goes way off right. the okay, rails yeah. by so the end. Just like back, uh, the From girls the vi- are yeah post college, right? Their first jobs out of college, uh, roommates for a couple of them, right? There's some fun to be had there. Yeah, I, I would say, like, even when they first joined this nonsensical, like, I don't even know what you would call it, like, the tribute to the troops tour that they're doing. <laughs> a USO thing? Yeah, they're yeah. doing, like, a USO tour, which somehow, like, DJ Khaled is on the tour, but not actually performing, which I don't even well, I don't even want right. to get into, the, like, yeah, the leg- <laughs> it's not worth it. The actual plot of the movie is so dumb. <laughs> but, yeah, the first, like, 30 minutes maybe even like more like 30 40 minutes was on par with anything else it seemed sharper like the direction of the movie seemed better yep it seemed more like a real movie the joke there were some real funny jokes in it and i will say yeah there were certainly some laughs in the third one and i can put up with the story being nonsense because like i i get it how do you get three <laughs> right. stories out of the this whole thing it's like it doesn't really make sense as long as it's funny but who they cares? basically have kind of gotten to the point and this is just what happens with this stuff where they just kind of make these jokes making fun of itself basically yeah i mean there's always been that to a certain extent especially with like anna kendrick's character right being like very like I mean, she like rips on herself, but also like the idea of acapella and yes. everything. I mean, that's kind of a recurring thing. But yeah, it's very like uh, self detrimental. You know, everybody's like kind of like you know hitting a rough patch or something in life post college, which I think is kind of funny. And you know, this movie kind of is like yet again like let's get the band back together kind of right. thing. I. I just want to point out a couple of things like 
Very similar feeling to the quote-unquote villains of Pitch Perfect 2 are the villains of Pitch Perfect 3, which are just, like, anonymous people that, like have no real bearing on anything by the end of the movie like do you was there any resolution with those well this uh had a very similar feel to it to spice world for me (laughs) i I never i've never okay yeah well there's some weird interesting things at play in that that were a little bit similar to this so basically like they oh i will say okay so the whole the whole thing is like they kind of get on this USO tour, but they're like embarrassing because they just do acapella, and these other groups they actually like play instruments and stuff. Which that's sort of seems like a big conflict at times where they're like, "Should we know how to play instruments? Would we be better if that was on the table?" <laughs> but it doesn't really make any. Okay, so the idea is that they're performing for like soldiers stationed across like Europe, and I, I, they never get into like the Middle East kind of stuff. They kind of leave it very like apolitical in that sense, I guess. But like you know, I get that. Like yes, there are female troops as well, but I mean traditionally it's a lot of like guys, right? These chicks come out. Most of them are smoking hot in their little outfits. They're dancing around, wiggling their butts. They're acting like these troops aren't going to go fucking nuts. Well, I know. They're like, they're not playing instruments. Fuck them. (laughs) It's like, what? Just booze raining down. (laughs) Which I'm glad they didn't like. That's how they're acting at the beginning. And they did. I'm glad they didn't like harp on that because they do kind of show the crowd, like them winning the crowd over pretty quick. Right. Because again, there's no real story or conflict in this movie. It kind of just all. It's a bunch of stuff happening, but like I was thinking, I'm like, are we are we seriously acting like some soldiers out stationed out somewhere are, are going to get a look at like Anna Camp in those in that outfit and aren't going to like lose their minds? Oh, I know. Well, it's funny <laughs> that Anna Camp is back in the mix because well, this is like this is of- yeah, but this is not a college event, right? Well, the whole idea was in Pitch Perfect one, some of the girls were graduating. Yes. And then in Pitch Perfect 2, they're still in college. Yeah. The younger ones. Right. That's why so this like, is Anna like Camp a, wasn't involved. A Bella's reunion. Right. But they pulled Haley Steinfeld's character into it. Yeah. Called her up to the big leagues. Because Alexis Knapp, who is by far the hottest. Yes. I, I don't remember exactly what the story is. I think she like hurt her ankle or something. <laughs> and so she couldn't really be in much of part three yeah she that was the story they used to bring Haley seinfeld in and like alexa snap stays behind she was like the promiscuous one like they she gets pregnant i guess they need to have a certain amount of people (laughs) i mean yeah because it's really important yeah yeah but like i would say about halfway through the movie it starts to get rough and then it just keeps going farther and farther off the rails by the end of it, I don't even know what the fuck is happening anymore. Uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, John Lithgow is involved. He oh, plays yeah. like Rebel like Wilson's going dad. Going to all these other countries, but people's dads playing such a important role in it. <laughs> a lot it's of like, daddy if issues. If the dads were going to be such a key piece, shouldn't it be in America? Well, the, the Anna Camp daddy issues stuff is a callback to Pitch Perfect One. Okay, right. Because she would say like all those crazy things that her dad would always say. And they seemed insane. And so they made him out to be like this strict, like, drill instructor guy or something, you know, whatever the fuck he is in this when he shows up right. at the end of the movie or whatever. But yeah, the whole thing with like Fat Amy's dad being like this 
pivotal part of the story is kind of out of left field and doesn't <laughs> does, really make any no. sense. Uh, and I love in Pitch Perfect 2 and 3 when we get Anna Kendrick's like producing of a song where she just kind of like presses a couple buttons and like <laughs> and sings. Hum- yeah, like hums a little tune. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, this is brilliant. We want you to be on our record label or open for DJ Khaled. <laughs> My favorite is, and this is like a recurring theme because it's it definitely happened in all of the movies, but then like it gets re- re- like basically re-erased at the beginning of part two and at the beginning of part three, which is like at the end of the movie, they inevitably have to have like this big moment of like, we're we, moving on with our yeah, lives. Yeah. We're finally like growing apart. We're, we're going to f- break apart from the Bellas. We're family, but we'll love each other forever, but we got to move on. And like, we're we gotta going find to the our next own stage way. in our lives. And then at the beginning of the next movie, they're like, our lives are shit. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what to do. That's like basically the beginning of two and three. Yep. <laughs> But always some fun times with the actual songs that they're doing the acapella covers of. Uh, when Whenever they do this thing, which they have ridiculous categories for, it's always like the, the idea that they could just be like, okay, we're going to do like the category is people you wouldn't think were Jewish or something. <laughs> well, I think they were I think they were doing like a self-referential right. joke in this in part three by of making how, the categories like so absurd. Yeah. <laughs> people you didn't people you didn't know were jewish <laughs> yeah that was it was nuts but it's always played off in this way that they're like kind of freestyling this yeah 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 um ridiculous even if the categories were like really easy it would be that would impossible be, right so overall i mean i'm on board with pitch perfect i think there was enough jokes in it to where um i would you know i would be willing to watch a fourth one if it existed at some point i'll always be interested to um, get back in yeah i think i think really we're just kind of taking a break with pitch perfect i would not be surprised if there was another one in like five or six years yeah because <laughs> it, it's funny like the girls you know, are all in like their late 30s <laughs> at the beginning of the movie it's like our lives are shit <laughs> I, like, I had postpartum depression, and I killed my two kids. <laughs> but, like, a but movie... we've been asked to play, like, this show in Alaska or something. <laughs> but, like, okay, so Deadpool 2, which is, like, supposedly this, like, great comedy, and people, like, act like it's so funny. I just saw it the other day, and it's like, I, I, I maybe chuckled a couple of times. Whereas, like, the laughs in Pitch Perfect 3, I thought, were better. I mean, I'm not saying it's a better movie, because, I mean... It still the story, stinks. St- the story is just atrocious. But, right. like, I mean, as far as laughs, there's enough there. And I think, you know, this that's what they should just focus on if they ever do another one. It's just like, let's just try to make it really funny and not... Who cares about the story? The story is we're going to do a performance somewhere. The end. <laughs> yeah. No more story. But, okay. So this t- that brings us to, like, the other part three of the trilogy that we we watched on a very eventful day uh, yeah. last week. Um, and that would be Fifty Shades Freed, which is the conclusion of the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy, which... Always shocking how little happens in these movies. Yeah, it is funny. I think you know most people know that Fifty Shades of Grey basically started as like an online fanfic, fan fiction of the Twilight series that this person wrote, um, which I I don't really get. I mean, 
they take place in Seattle. They so just took that. the characters. Uh, instead of like it being Christian Grey and whatever Anastasia or whatever their fucking yeah, right. terrible names are, it's just the people. The names were the people from Twilight, and this okay. was all tw- shit that so Twilight when characters. This was were made doing. into its own book. The names were just changed to be new. Characters. Yeah, then they just changed the whole thing to make it not that. That's okay. how it started. And right. Then, you, you, I mean, you'd have to get like really involved in the world of fan fiction, which is a pretty sad and horrendous world to be involved in. But yeah, although do, it's kind of going dude, mainstream. There is like fan fiction that goes on for like years that people just add to the same story and then people read it. Fan fiction is like taking over, though. It's like you got the Fargo show. <laughs> well, it kind of yeah. seems like that, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, stuff does spring out of it, obviously. This is... But it's just funny that that's All how it Star originated. All the Star Wars movies now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. That's how it originated. And yet, it's almost indistinguishable still from Twilight. Because Twilight is is something that ended up having four movies. But, Jesus Christ, like, nothing happens in yeah, any of these true. movies. And it's the same. I mean, with Twilight, I guess you made the case that there was, like, at least a battle sequence in the third one or whatever. Or the fourth one. <laughs> Yeah. Breaking Let's Dawn at publicize some point. Publicize my defense. No, I guess of... there were five Twilight movies. Oh, because they split. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I never saw four and five. I thought that was the one with the battle in it. Well, I think three has a battle. Oh. I'm sad to say that I did see like every Twilight movie, and I saw, I think, four out of the five in the theater, and the only one I didn't see in the theater was the first one. It was a good run. Um... No, it wasn't. <laughs> but... I will say that at least Fifty Shades of Grey has nudity in it. Yeah, spices things up. Yeah, I don't know, man. The f- I thought Fifty Shades of Grey, the first one, was pretty fucking terrible. It was. Uh, uh, I Actually, weirdly enough, it may have been my least favorite one to watch, though. I think that we've gotten more joy out of ripping on two and three. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, the third one might be the worst. Well... I definitely think the second one was the best. Okay. If I had to pick. Fifty yeah. Shades Darker. The third one was, and it was hard not to comment on this as we were watching through, it's basically the whole movie is what's in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. They I felt like I knew the whole thing. Every key piece and just like cut the filler out and then you have the trailer. Yeah. The trailer really hit all the beats of the movie. I don't think that the, like, the, you know, the... Uh, 45 year old women lining up to see it really care that the trailer gave away the whole movie right but like for a movie that's like supposedly like just this like supposed to be like this hot steamy romance it's like well first of all the two principal actors (laughs) have like zero chemistry fucking cardboard basically right and i mean i uh, (laughs) i kind of like dakota johnson but like i kind of always like pre 50 shades of gray she was, you know, she obviously was barely a celebrity at that point. I mean, you would see her like pop up in like Social Network and like Twenty One Jump Street, and I, I, I kind of saw her as like her Twenty One Jump Street character. I was like, oh, she'll be like the pretty hot chick that shows up in like a comedy or something. I did not think like leading, you know, romantic lead or anything. Yeah. And she just, I just don't think she really has that charisma. And the other guy, there is, is no charisma going on. Yet. The other guy is just as bland as it gets. But like, even if they okay, for even putting that aside, I would say in part three it was like the sex scenes were very by the book, very generic. There was nothing that made you think like this is even remotely deviant. 
Which is like, well, okay. That's but what like, we're that's looking a, for. Isn't that what this is? This is like supposed to be like this BDSM relationship and she had to like sign like a whole thing and we've, that's the whole premise. We've completely forgotten about the contract at this point. You know, they think well, I like guess they're married. Now, they do so. stuff. Basically, everything they do in Fifty Shades Freed is what normal people would do. There's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing like interesting. Normal about people it. have that room. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. She's tied like upright at one point, which is weird, but not really anything. You it's know not what I mean? Extreme. Yeah. It, it, it's just she, no. Most people wouldn't do it because it's not really conducive to anything. Like it, you know, it's hard to get a P and a V from that position, but like. But I do, I did really enjoy in this one how they do call back to my favorite moment of the second movie, which is that there's a helicopter crash <laughs> in the middle of the movie out of nowhere. Uh, Christian and his assistant or whatever, right. or his business partner, get in a helicopter crash and just survive. We don't see the actual crash. They just show back up. And then it's referenced in this one that uh, whoever's investigating the crash thinks... It may have been an accident. Or no, it wasn't an accident. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of how, like, it is a lot of, like, like... Oh, yeah, this motherfucker survived a helicopter crash. Like, if you were writing, like, a book, the, one of the things that they tell you, like, how to write a book would be, like, well, you have to, like, show somebody and not tell them. And that's in a book where you yeah. literally can't see it. So, in other words, to ha- to explain something fully, it's, like, instead of saying, like... It was a bad day. Show them how it was a bad day. In a book, in a movie, you have you ability. really should be showing. Yeah. And it's like the whole thing is like you're just it's a lot of like telling us things that happen. That's basically the whole trilogy is they're just telling us some things. And then like cuz most of the action is supposed to be around the sex scenes and the sex scenes were a lot better in the first two. They're not great in any of them, but like <laughs> I don't know. They just felt like there was nothing that made the third one feel even like, okay, so if like the whole point of these movies is like, what is its thing? What is the thing that makes it a thing? And okay, so the whole thing is like they have this weird, not weird, but you know, like somewhat different lifestyle choice going on that involves like bondage or whatever and like all these like tools whatever like riding (laughs) crops and whatever and you know all this interesting stuff is at play including like anal beads and what is like those vibrating things and whatever other toys he has which i I mean it's kind of weird it's like wouldn't she be like well how many like chicks have you used these things yes seriously (laughs) was there like any cleaning going on with these (laughs) am i like not the first person that's like part of that maid's responsibilities Right. She's got to go into that room and clean it up. Yeah, I mean, none of that really... That's, like, the whole thing. Is like, that is what makes this an interesting story, really. Because there is no other story. Well, if you're Anastasia, it's like, do you ever get sick of, like... Every conversation is just like, hey, I just bought this. I just bought this hotel. I just bought this house. I just well, bought this plane. Well, that's what... I mean, that's where, like, the fantasy element comes in for, like, these kind of, like you know women that are like into these kind of stories which is just like it's you know it's kind of, it, yes it speaks to like kind of some sort of like sexual domination thing that they're they're yearning for but like it also speaks to like this wealthy like beyond belief guy sweeping into their world and basically like 
his biggest downfall is that he didn't ask me about this insane mansion that he bought. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's like the in their head, in their fantasy. I should have asked you. Like, that's where their problems. I love it. That's where the problems of the relationship come from. You know what I mean? Like, in their fantasy. Like, that's now, like, the my whole thing. fantasy version of this. If I was like a Christian Gray, uh, I, you know, who cares about being a stud? You can pull all these chicks, drive nice cars, whatever. Like, if I had this kind of money, every time somebody, like, pissed me off at, like, a restaurant or something, I would be like, I'm buying this restaurant so I can fire you. <laughs> that would be, like, my fantasy. Yeah, I just think, like, when I see Fifty Shades Freed, I'm just like, I don't know what the point of this was other than just let's try to, like, squeeze a little bit more money out of these losers who are into this shit. Because, yeah, like, us. Yeah, I mean, there really isn't anything... Like, the romance is over. They get married at the very beginning of the movie. So the whole, like, will-they-won't-they they vibe that they There's have in part one is one done. one villain character who really takes something pretty far. <laughs> something that well, he yeah, seems like, like he could have gotten over. Yeah, but, like, even saying that is, like, giving it too much credit. It's, like, it's almost, like, not even worth mentioning that because it's so, like, not a factor in anything, really. It, there's well, no stakes to anything that happens. So, like, but the, I'm just saying, like, and the women that I'm talking about don't care about that. They right. care. It's the whole thing is not like, ever suspenseful or thrilling. Right. The whole thing is, like, this is kind of just a generic romance movie, and it's, like, very, like... It's definitely like we just recently watched Two Moon Junction. It's very like of <laughs> yeah. no, it's like very of that time. Like nine and a half weeks is probably a better example because it's all yeah. I feel like the first one, Fifty Shades of Grey, is basically just a retelling of that. Well, movie. yeah, it's like the same thing. So it's like you know, once you get to this part three and she's already married him and they've already got the dream house and all this shit is like very like taken care of. It's like, well, what is the point of this? And it's like the sex scenes are pretty boring. One of the things that like nothing is really matters. fun though, as it goes along is you don't really have like a grasp on how much time is passing ever. And at times when they, <laughs> when they timestamp yeah. things, you're like, wait, did they just meet three weeks ago? Has this series of movies, like, did they meet, break up, get back together, and get married all within, like, a month? <laughs> yeah, they, I, I mean, it isn't as little as three weeks. I think they said six or something. Right, like, right. It is so yeah. fast that you're just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. All three of these like, movies are taking place within six weeks. Yeah, whatever happens with them, but also in that time, his brother gets engaged to her roommate or whatever and they definitely seem like they're setting something up for being like his brother is like a dick yeah or something or like he goes nowhere he's cheating on her or whatever like you know anastasia's roommate friend from the first one or whatever and like yeah never goes anywhere i don't even remember if it's even brought up after well they were setting that whole thing up with like the architect chick or whatever too nothing no payoff yeah, who we should point out, like, there's, like, another woman that kind of, like, gets a little touchy with Christian Grey and, you know, kind of treats Anastasia like she's not there and, like, she's just, like, doesn't matter or whatever. And, like, the whole th- the whole point is, like, Anastasia, like, est- like reestablishing herself and, like, taking control and, and putting that other woman in her place kind of thing. You like can back call me off. Mrs. Gray. But, like, the whole thing is, like, that architect woman, I mean, is stunning. She, <laughs> right. 
She makes she's the, just Dakota like Johnson her look like along like Christian's chest or whatever. Yeah, that woman makes Dakota Johnson look like you know like this meek a, little yeah <laughs> like a worn dish towel. <laughs> it's just like I'm sorry. It's just like this is absurd that we're supposed. And people often felt that way. Christian Grey like divorcing. Anastasia. Yeah, maybe if they do like a fourth one down the line, it'll be like they're divorced or whatever. They're divorced like, and getting back together. I That's think, the beginning of the movie. Well, I think, and this is like something that like Brett Snellis like talked about on his podcast when he was like throwing his name out there <laughs> to be like a person that either directed this movie or wrote wrote on it or whatever. I can't even remember what he was trying to do. Like back when they were first putting the Fifty Shades of Grey. Project I will say together. his version probably would have been a bit darker. But I think, like, I think the thing that, that frustrates people, like, who have maybe an interest in, you know, some of, the, like, the interesting sexuality questions that kind of get raised with this kind of movie, it's like, you know, like, whether it's, like, can you be a feminist but also be, like, the, the subservient one and, like, a, you know, like a dom-sub relationship or, you know, whatever. Like, just in a modern world, how does, like, this kind of sexual thing feel like especially from anastasia's point of view where she like she might have feelings for this guy but this guy has very like specific needs sexually (laughs) so like how does she cope with that which they they very casually like gently graze the surface of in the first movie but by the second and third one they're kind of just like eh. yeah she's just in she's she's in but like why wouldn't she be in because he barely does anything well yeah that's the thing it seems like it, yeah, the idea is, like, it's going to be such a struggle for him to live as, like, a normal person who doesn't have these, like, dark, right. devious... Devious. <laughs> de- deviant, sorry, Needs. Yeah, like, he... Well, yeah, he's not, like... He, he seems, like, so far wrapped up in his kink that, like, he can't but he, really enjoy, a like, a normal point, thing. You never really feel like it's really a problem for him. I or mean, for her. Right. Like, it's like they both are just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like any of the interesting kind of, like, ideas that they could have gotten into were far too complex for this kind of thing. They would rather just have gratuitous shots of, like, a helicopter flying over the ocean or whatever the fuck. With an Ellie Goulding song. Yeah. Which, it's, you always get a couple good jams right. in these movies. And it is it, it is more about, like, the kind of cinematography and soundtrack than it is about, like, anything going on, any of the, the ideas or topics that they're kind of trying to wrestle with like that doesn't matter at all <laughs> no <laughs> they're just like all right we'll show dakota johnson's titties like a few times yeah maybe like her butt like once even though it's like a spanking movie it's like you barely see her butt <laughs> a spanking movie <laughs> well it's like that's how it's like set up in the first one he, oh, do- he does it like right. a bunch of times in the first yeah, one she's like give me your worst <laughs> And then by the third one, there's, like, barely anything. Like, there's nothing even remotely like that. Yeah. And it is... They just move on And they from love everything. to show, like, the top of his pubes, but never, like, the full dick. Yeah, it's like, we can't get a look at him? Let's see that hug. Please. Um, <laughs> I feel like they just are... They, they just never want to show, like, an erect penis in a movie. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Get with the times. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, overall, I would say Fifty Shades Freed was an F, or at least I would say maybe like a D minus for me. Pitch Perfect 3, I would put more in like a C. Okay, so there you have it. But I would give Pitch Perfect 2 maybe like a C plus. So it was like just only a little bit worse. So if you want to spend your time with some subpar movies. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare, I think, that there's like a quality third edition of a trilogy, right? Well, yeah. I can't really think of anything specifically. Well, didn't uh, Return of the King win Best Picture? Yeah, I, I can't stand Lord of the Rings. Uh, um, <laughs> I like The Dark Knight Rises a lot. But. Yeah, me too. All right, so for the most part, trilogies aren't always great, but, you know, whatever. Teach their own. So follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling a friend. If you want to pop over to iTunes and give us a rating and review, that would be cool. Yeah, check in. Yeah, and uh, we will be coming back shortly with a regular, you know, full-fledged episode. We just have a couple left to get to 100, which is just a shocking turn of events. It really is. I mean, I know that we kind of bring this up all the time, but it's just like, we... (laughs) Why the fuck are we still doing this? I know. (laughs) We have... Because, I mean, when you count the give us a seconds, we're well over 100. I mean... Well, yeah, but they don't count. (laughs) Especially ones like this. Yeah, we don't really bring it for the give us a seconds. I I thought this was I think so. All right, so uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you. But I'm only human, and I bleed when I fall down. I'm only human, and I crash and I break down. Your words in my head, knives in my heart. You build me up, and then I fall apart, because I'm only human. Cause I'm only